investment to like where you want your company to be. This technically might be a cost, but if you think about it, it's more of an investment for the business for the future. They're in all their right to do it also because it's their business, you know, mm -hmm. it's their rules. And if you don't like it, find a job somewhere else. It's a lot cheaper to use the co-work space. Well, you don't have to worry about power costs, the internet costs, security costs, janitorial costs, setup costs for the space that you're using because we covered that. Yeah, yeah. Underrated, underrated, we underdogs, What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Totem Podcast. I'm your host, Monico Carrillo, but of course, we got here. Eric, I'm your other co-host here on the show. Um, where an active rebellion is to question. Welcome, guys. Welcome. Appreciate you guys for being back. Today, we have Robert from the Fort Coworking Space. How are Hi. you doing? Doing good. Good. Appreciate you for uh, swinging by with us today, you know, hanging out. Um, I mean, how you, how you doing? I'm a little tired. Um, end of a long week. Yeah. Well, I've been doing a lot of promotional work lately, so... Um, See, I have to like recall. Um, went to the Cosa Sports event, and then I started the week recovering from a cold. And then um, yesterday, I was on the radio for the morning show locally here in town. And then there's just so much. Oh, and then also yesterday was the. Um, grain opening for the sagebrush um, spice store that we went over there to give them their support to. So I've just been running around and around and around. <laughs> that's good though. Huh? That's how that's how it is. We're always busy going around. Oh yeah. But for the pe people that don't that aren't aware of like who you are, what your business does, what you guys do, give us a brief description. You know of like what you guys all do. Okay, so the Fort Cowork is a shared office space for at-home workers, hobbyists, and small business owners and people who are trying to stand up a new business. Um, we offer a professional workspace environment that is shared among the members. So, um, how'd you guys like kind of come up with the concept? Like, so my business partner Daniel, um, he's an at-home worker. And um, sometimes he, you know, working at home gets a little stale or uh, gets distracting or people come up and talk, talk, talk. And you're like, I need to work here. So um, uh, he went bounced around town and like here locally in town, there isn't really a proper workspace. You know, there's some spaces at the library, but they're limited and they're time restraint. Um, some of the coffee shops are just not appropriate for certain content because you know you can't do a zoom call in the middle of a coffee shop and then you have when you're talking to your mic and all of a sudden there's this, this background of crowd talking through you and um mm -hmm. or uh like at his company they don't rec they don't let him use backdrops really yeah they, they like the virtual backdrops they, yeah they probably have those guys have you seen those guys the people skiing you know i mean they, i think they just do it to fuck around they're skiing though coming down the mountain with the yeah. green screen with the green screen hey, flapping behind <laughs> well they they didn't like want it because people in his industry they're smart enough to create fake people on the screen and so there's people standing up um and they had like a, a cardboard cutout of themselves but virtually on the camera. So they weren't mm. there. And then they just put a headphone in. And then when they hear a response, they just ask people to, 
or they would just start talking to them and then but they weren't there and then they'll have the ai or whatever generate them looking like they're talking <laughs> and they were like no you need to be physically here because <laughs> we might be trying to show you things on the screen to respond to because that's where they're starting to find oh they're not at their computer <laughs> so, so it's a pretty advanced company oh uh, yeah so he works for a data engineering um side of the company that does uh, uh data marketing so um they try to get influencers they connect the influencers to the advertisers um Mm, okay. Um, they're the parent company of like Two B or Two Buddy and um, some other um, uh, pr uh, products that I just I can't remember what the name of. Um, they they do quite a bit. Like, they they work with Disney on um, movies and things like that. And um, I'm I'm kind of interested, like how uh, to know a little bit about like your background and stuff, just to like how you guys just like got started in business you know it just doesn't really happen i think from one day to another just interested on like a little bit of your background oh, okay yeah so um i guess it would start back in high school and i worked with this older gentleman that ran a used furniture store and so i was working underneath the table on this time and he was just paying me cash, and I'd just be moving furniture around or repairing it or whatever, uh, little little tasks that I did around his shop. But the thing that I learned from doing this is the struggles of a small business. The whole process of um, maintaining an image quality to the public, maintaining um, recurring customers, and then the challenges of... Um, um, complying with um, you know regulations and permits and, and all that and then the end of the year taxes and all and then all that so I, I worked for him for several years and he gave me a lot of like feedback about how um, what my decisions doing his work for him affected him and how I can make that better and then um, after the four, four or five years I worked for him. Was that like here in town or where? No, that so a... that was down in Arvada. Um, okay. I originally lived in Arvada, but I have family out here in Fort Morgan. So every summer I'd just been in Fort Morgan, like from uh, early 2000s. Oh, okay. Just kept coming out here, visiting family, and then... Uh, holidays and just family trips just all the time just yeah you know mm -hmm. I, back and forth like so i'm i would say like i'm partly grew up in fort morgan in the surrounding areas because i have an uncle that lives out in wiggins and then i have an aunt that lives here in town in fort morgan and then for a little while uh my cousins from my aunt and my uncle um lived within town and i had a um so do you live in town now? Yeah, I do live in town now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my mother ended up moving out here after my parents separated because she wanted to be closer to her brother and her sister. So she moved out here. And then my brother moved out here after her. And so I decided to move out here to be closer to my mom um, while my dad stayed down in Nevada. And then so I bought a house out here. And then I needed some extra cash so I was renting out my bedrooms my extra rooms in my house and that's how I met Daniel he ended up being a roommate of mine 
And at that time, he was just a college student. He was just trying to get his master's degree in data engineering. Um, but he couldn't afford the rents out in Denver. <laughs> so he, mm. kept, you know, you just kept going outer and outer and outer and outer and outer. Until you can find someone that, something that's affordable. Yeah, so he already had a, um, uh, a remote job that he was doing, which was a GIS. He, like mapping and stuff? Yeah, he was doing, creating maps for particular projects. And so he... He, he could technically live anywhere. So he was already a remote worker, but he was using co-work spaces. But I didn't know what co-work spaces were yet until he got his master's degree and um, he needed to be like in a more professional setup with his work. Instead of being a freelance contractor, he was now being employed by people. And how long was this ago? Like when you kind of got started getting introduced to like the working spaces and all that stuff. Yeah. So that was about three, two years ago. Okay. Two or three years ago. Um, right before COVID. Um, we, I ended up moving with Daniel up to Cheyenne um, for a little while and I kept my house down here and I just rented the whole house out. And then I h hanged out with Daniel up in Cheyenne because he ended up working for Dish Network. And um, we had a bunch of roommates, and he uh, couldn't work in the house they were in because the internet was really bad, and the um, we were near a train, and so there was just constant train travel going across and back, and so it was just noisy in there because we were in an old apartment complex. So he started using the co-work spaces out there, and then he took me out there because I was a college student at the time. And um, I needed a place to do my work-study stuff. So um, he showed me what a co-work space was, and then I loved it. Like, there was this community of other students and other professionals that were in my field that I was trying to get into. And it really enlightened my idea about a um, workspace community. And I really enjoyed it because it was um, kind of like a... A club in a way because you paid a membership so you were in there but it was like a modernized concept of it so it wasn't just like that boys club over there it was like there's diverse people and ideas and the amenities that they offered in the space were just nice they, they had uh, a gaming room and they had um, um, VR setups and um, um, and they had a full gym and really oh yeah well, so as well as all out like amenities wise yeah it was all out amenity wise and so you were at a country club then if they, yeah <laughs> yeah it was basically like that but it, so the space that they were using they bought one of those really big like downtown buildings in Cheyenne like the multi floored and they rented the last two or three out as apartments. And members of the co-work got a discount on their um, rent for those apartments. But it was open to the public. Mm. And in, But then, then they had a couple floors where it was just office spaces, like rental offices for people to rent. Um, that was out for the public. And then, and then they had a couple more floors where one floor was just all the amenities. So the gym and then the... Um, 
they had like a, a self serve cafeteria where they just had a long buffet counter set up where it was just like grab and go foods and you just tap your membership card and you you your membership prepaid for so much food you can get per day and then they had like soft serve machine and um, soda fountain and you know all the like stuff you don't think about and then it's like a really nice treat when you realize it so and then you're like oh nice I, I like yeah that. well and the really cool thing is they had a beer tap on there like a little beer garden they had three little taps and you just served yourself and wow. so that was really cool so you just tap the card and <laughs> That's really so do cool. you have a beer tapping yours unfortunately no we're still working with the city on that coming soon coming soon yeah we would like to have that as an offer but the city is a little leery on it because it's kind of a weird um licensing uh, permit issue it inspires me to release my creativity (laughs) yeah um uh and the blah 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 um so it was a nice, pretty nice co-working space. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, after the amenities layers, there was these working open spaces. So you can think of it kind of like a library with all the bookshelves where they have all the tables set up. Mm-hmm. And that's where I mostly worked. And then they had spaces where they were more cubicle-like. Um, and then, then the last floor was rented out to people that were trying to stand up build, uh, businesses. So... Um, they were trying to get businesses that, or people that were trying to stand up businesses, but didn't have enough of the startup funding to get all the way to a brick and mortar. So they were doing the collaborative sharing the space concept to make the cost of the renting um, your brick and mortar space for your business a lot cheaper. How long was it from when you visited that spot there, then where you guys started developing your own concept down here? Like, how Um, long did you sit on the ideas and stuff? It took about two and a half years before we started actually acting on it because it took from moving back to Colorado and back into Fort Morgan and then missing the services. What what did bring you guys back? Uh, If you guys had, like, all the services over there that you needed. So Dan ended up um, quitting Dish Network and then started working for Ben Entertainment, which is his current work. Um, and then that was completely remote. Dish at that time was half and half. So you had to go to a physical office half the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. And when he, um, when we moved back here and we went back to our house here, um, uh, we, he tried, we, we set up a whole office for him in the house but there's just too many distractions in the house, you know. Oh, right, I'm gonna go to the bed, my bedroom, and take a nap. Oops, five hours later. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. long. Yeah. yeah. Or, uh, um, you know, I need to get that that thing done in the house really quick. Oops, three hours later. <laughs> you know, like yeah. oh, I, I need to uh, do some chores or. Um, Dang it, my roommate's being so loud because he's playing some stupid video game and my coworkers can hear it through my mic every time I talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Screaming profanities. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so that was one of the reasons that we were like, okay, we actually need to go out there and uh, have something in place then, right? Yeah, so he was like, I wish there was a co-work space. I wish there was a co-work space. I missed the co-work space we were using. And... Um, 
and then I was just like, well, why don't we open our own? And he was just like, I guess we could, but we need the startup funding and stuff. And I was like, I don't mind refinancing my house. And um, we are friends with uh, our, we're, we're friends with uh, our landlord, with her son. And she was going to, our building that we're in now was going to be an import, uh, uh, import African grocer store. Um, but then they pulled out halfway through getting set up. And so she was looking for like a quick fill-in for the space because she wanted to, you know, recuperate all that revenue that she lost um, because she put a lot of money into the building to get it prepped for the grocery store, um, which was great for us because it like a good chunk of the work was done mm-hmm. for our needs. Um, and so we were like, we're thinking about starting a business and we were talking to our friend about it and he was just like, my mom might have a, a building for you. And we're just like, oh? And he goes, yeah, the people that are going to do the African grocery store uh, decided to pull out. So we're thinking about getting someone quickly in. And we're like, cool. And then we, we talked to her and then we ended up getting like, we wouldn't pay rent until we opened type of thing. So we the time of uh, setting up all of the uh, space for the co-work needs uh, was we didn't have to have the burden of the rent for that the lease costs. So she helped you. You guys yeah. got some help out on on yeah. that on that aspect of it. Then. Yeah, and then she kind of guided us in a way where we ended up hitting the chamber of commerce, and then we started creating all these little networks of people, and we realized, oh, this is a service we can provide while we were trying to develop our co-work space. And so while we were building up the space and doing a lot of shopping at Ikea, (laughs) um, uh, we started making connections with people. And um, now that we have that built up, we've been trying to use that to help the other small businesses that that are in our co-work space connect and find people and like you guys. So, so did it first start out just like something that you guys wanted to use for yourselves? And then the more you talk to people, it's like, oh, we can actually offer it to everybody else because more people want it? No, the, the intention was to have a business. So something that we would offer as a service. But so who's like the, I guess the co-working spot, like who's it for? Because like after COVID and stuff, we've seen a lot of the, a lot of people going remote and stuff. Yeah. A lot of industries. So like who's like, I guess, more like your intended Consumers. Our intended consumers is going to be someone who is at home but is either has too many distractions or does not have a um, consistent internet connection or um, someone that needs. We have one member that um, lives a little out of town, about 30, 40 minutes out, closer to uh, Greeley, I think. Um, but she wants to have her son at the daycare here in town, the really nice daycare that's across the police department. Mm. So, but she needed a place to do her work because she didn't want to like drop him off and then go back home and then from home go and get, pick him up and drop him and then get, take him home. And the, like that four times travel is very uh, stressful and it's just cost effect, not very cost. There's a lot of time and money. Dude. Yeah. So she found us, and then that was like one of our ideal situations for a member. Someone that needed to work in the space in Fort Morgan because they were, the, they were stuck in Fort Morgan 
and didn't want to have to keep doing the traveling back and forth. So that's one of our ideal members. Um, another one would be like um, college students, those who are like remote college students or even here at our local college and they just need studying space. Um, that's a, one of our ideal people to have in and we also offer a student discount to our membership for those people. Yeah, um, that's great for the discount. I was gonna say usually college students are on a strict budget. Yeah, strict, mm -hmm. strict budget. And, and we have one college student in our co in our co work space where the college is paying for the space. Okay. Yeah. So in, in many cases, your employer or your um, organization you're working with would pay for the space. So we have another member where his work is paying a space to be in because where he lives. The, the only internet he has is dial-up, which isn't fast enough for the video chats and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So he was working out at the library, and then when he found out about our space, he went to his employer, and then the employer was just like, give us the pricing plan, we'll figure something out. <coughs> and they ended up taking their higher tier pricing plan, and he ended up being a member, and he really enjoys it because you know we offer sodas and um, snacks to eat off of and we have the staple internet but the other thing he really likes is that it's a 24-hour access for our members so so they can go whenever then yeah so when you have an evil employer that makes you come in on Christmas morning we're, the door will open for you <laughs> the, okay yeah I, I also remember when we we're at the uh like the networking event that was at the Country Road. Wednesday oh, yes, yeah. That you guys uh, shared a story about, like, someone who was, like, driving through and they really oh, yeah. needed, a, like, a, a space to work or whatever. Yeah, like, tourists. Yeah. Know, people driving through town, yeah. And then um, they ended up actually staying and actually, like, spending money in the town, too. Which yeah. Which kind of ended up helping everybody out. I actually forgotten about that one. Um, feels so long ago, even though it's only been, like, four months. <laughs> it's <laughs> four, been a while. Four or five months, Yeah. <laughs> Lots happened. Yeah, so she came, She was driving through Colorado, going up into Nebraska. I think her end, end location was going to be um, Chicago area. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, so she um, was getting tired. Her initial um, destination was Sterling to stop at the co-work space, the annex there. Um, but she just didn't want to do the extra 45 minutes to go and she stopped in Fort Morgan for gas and she did a quick Google search and found our co-work space. So then she went and got a hotel room here in town, went and worked at the co-work space and then during her lunch uh, she asked for a recommendation and I said go eat at Zazie's. You know? So she went down to Zazie's and then she saw the Marisa's. And then so she shopped at the Marisa's and then when she came back from her lunch and I saw her come in, she had two big bags from Marisa's and then a little to-go container from Zazie's. And I'm just like, oh, you must have had a fun lunch. And she's like, yeah, you guys have a really nice Marisa's. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then um, after that, I ended up getting an email back from her like two weeks later saying that she had a really good time. She loved the town. Um and she was excited to come back on the next following year because I guess every year she does this travel over to Chicago because her work is in, I guess, New Mexico is where she's stationed at, but she has to go to Chicago for some event every once a year. 
shows she was looking forward to coming back next year. Um, but so, yeah. so do you think businesses are, are now transitioning more to go like more remote and stuff like that? Do you see it going that way? Um, well, so there's like two sides of that coin. Um, you got the businesses that have more of a traditional mindset of what work is. And that is you go to our office space and you do our work at the office space. That way we can manage your work. And then there's the other side where it's a more progressive concept of working where, oh, you're going to do a much more productive work at home where um, you're not having the stress of, you know, Mr. Supervisor over your shoulder or um, we can find more talent uh, if we expand outside of our area that we can get um, workers from. So um, the, the advantage of a remote work worker versus, you know, a physical office worker is that you can potentially get more um, employees and have a much more bigger employee um, uh, pool to pull from so you can filter through them and get much more higher talented people or people that are more specialized or just better workers through the remote work sector. So so do you think that way is better then? Do you I, think traditional is not the way to go? I think it really depends on the work you're doing and um, and then who the employer is. So, um, so I think I, each business is kind of different. Yeah. Like my, like my personal view on it, it's like, like this, these are the rules that the business has, you know, you got to show up, you got to do this, like they're in all their right to do it to also, because I mean, it's their business, you know, mm -hmm. it's their rules. And if you don't like it, I mean, yeah, I guess you could go so, find a job somewhere else. And it's like, some people work better like that, that they need somebody like to check mm -hmm. up on them. And some people just need the, the alone time to be, like you said, just to do it. But then a lot of and then there's the other people that are just when they're like alone, co-working spot, working from home, they don't get shit done all day. No. So that's there's the problem. It depends. And that's where I think goes. the co-work space fits in is for those people that are having a hard time focusing or um, just needs a, a more structured environment than maybe what they have at home. And so that that's what the co-work does for that. Um, like the, the one thing I've seen with like working from home and like traditional stuff is like more traditional businesses they they'll like have you go in and stuff but then it, I think it too is also to kind of respect your your personal time that way like when you're at work you're at work you're working mm -hmm. and then when when you leave work you don't have to think about it you can just do your personal life and then like working from home those lines kind of blend together and they mix so it's yeah. a lot like harder to like keep strict like oh I'm working now or I'm off the clock. So I guess to and a good you, thing and that then, and then you can feel some people feel more obligated to work even more because they're like oh I'm working from home like I could still work but then they're actually like overworking like what they're getting paid. Yeah, so like getting burnout from uh, work home balance gets too mixed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a big problem. I was going to ask you guys, like, for the audience to listening to, I think it would help out. We're talking about, like, a traditional work, and then you said, like, a progressive work. I guess I guess we need to find what's a traditional work. What's a traditional job work for you guys and progressive for both for the both of you? Uh, so I would say more. classifying it, I think we need yeah, to kind of no, say Yeah, no, that makes sense. 
Um, so to classify it down or to define it, um, our traditional work would be something that would require to be a physical location to or, or is asked to be at a physical location to where... Um, like industries-wise, though. Like yeah. Which um, so like retail. I mean, that's an, one where you can't really be a remote worker for retail. It's kind of hard to restock a shelf from your house. Um, a lot of service jobs where you're a contractor, plumber... Uh, mechanic you can't fix things from your home with to a client if we could I think you can work out of your garage yeah you can work out of your own home garage but um, things that require a physical interaction I think is something where um, you have to just go to the brick-and-mortar business punch your clock card clock in and time card and there we go um and do your work and so a more progressive industries that can support that are going to be like software engineer engineering um accounting um a lot of hr can be done through remote work um administrative planning um uh businesses that have virtual products so uh people who are um, website designers. You know, it would be a lot of tech-orientated work, usually. Um, but we do have this one member in our co-work space, and he's a, um, he works for a construction company, actually. But he's more on the administrative side of it, where he's trying to decide on the cost analysis of materials and trying to get those ordered in for the work sites. So he's kind of like an on and off, uh, remote and not remote. Because sometimes he has to go to physical locations to make sure that those um, things are getting set properly and and so forth. But um, do you think it's more cost effective for a business when they're barely starting to get a co-working spot like with you guys and stuff like that, than than to try to do their own thing? Like oh, if they're barely starting off. Yeah, certainly. So if you're uh, a business that's more service orientated for like um, a lawyer or um, you don't have you don't need to be have a you're not a retail basically Um, uh, yeah certainly it's a lot cheaper to use the co-work space because you don't have to first of all you don't have to worry about power costs you don't have to worry about the internet costs which is much more expensive in a in a commercial setting than it is in a residential setting um, you don't have to worry about any security costs. You don't have to worry about um, janitorial costs. You, you don't have to clean the building. We clean the building for you. We, so if you have a client that made a mess, you don't have to worry about that. We take care of it and that kind of stuff. Um, and then there's just a bunch of other associated costs. Like you don't have to pay for all the permanentry and um, setup costs for the space that you're using because we cover that. That's, that's what your membership buys. There's all the little detail things that you just don't think about as a new business person. Someone that's just rolling out fresh and you hit that wall of like, oh, wait, I'm paying three times more for internet costs because I'm a business now? Yeah. Oh, why can't I get residential costs? 
because you're a business uh, there's more because, risks because the internet company wants to make more money off of you because no. they know you're, yeah because you're they know you're making profit now that's why I don't make profit yet. <laughs> I mean, they 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 don't, they don't really they, care. They you know, you're classified as a. I'm just well, telling you, that, that's just how well, the system works. Because if they if they don't want to make more money, that they wouldn't. Charge they wouldn't charge more. the same. Why would they charge the same? If well, usually, so bus when you get business class internet, um, you get 24 hour service. Like if something went wrong, they'll send a tech out, like at three in the morning to fix your internet. Residential, they don't do that. So they have to charge more because they're paying a tech more for that um, quality of service. Um, also, residentials are capped at a certain speed, while uh, res uh, commercials uh, clients can get even higher speeds because they might need the more bandwidth through it. I think you can pay for more speeds if you want. Like they can give it to you. Like you're you're doing a good pitch for for the internet companies right now. It's great. Like well, I, I see the benefits, but I'm just saying because we have the same thing here, and I'm not complaining about it. I'm just saying like yeah, is the they, that's the reality comes to. They know you're making more money, and obviously they're going to charge a higher premium for. Or they all, or do they know like, that that's you have the ability is. to make money in residential is kind of like oh that's just. I do home. think that is a decision factor for them to do that. I think it's like one of the number one decisions, yeah, honestly. But there's a bunch of other aspects to that because, like, when you set up a network app for uh, residential space, you get one big uh, pipeline in, and then you split it up into little ones, and you and to ensure that you have good service for your uh, clients for that area, you want to make sure that you're not overloading that big pipeline. Um, and that's a really expensive cable and it's a really expensive maintenance cost for that and then the equipment all behind that so um, you want to retain your residential members your, your residential customers so you you have lower costs but you have more of them so they're able the more of them is able to as a collective pay the additional costs for that when you're a commercial entity and getting internet you might be taking that whole entire bandwidth for that equipment to their hub. And you, so that's why you're paying more is because there's less of us paying for the pot for all that connection. So you're, it's the same kind of equipment, but because there's a smaller pot, the cost is higher to pay for the equipment and the services that, that are required to keep that service up. And then there's additional like, um, perks because like we keep our IP address for our business while a residential person will bounce between and so the internet company has to pay a more uh, pay the uh, there's a global in entity that manages that and so they have to pay the, the global entity to keep the IP address assigned to that address of that modem and so um, I have to pay the internet company to pay that global entity in order to keep my IP address so that it's consistent. Um, the So that, that's like one of the reasons why it's so much more is because smaller pot, extra services, um, things that a residential um, client wouldn't need but a business client would need and usually because there's not as many business clients as residential clients 
you need more specialized workers for that and then you're paying their salaries and and so forth so there is additional costs as being a commercial entity than a <coughs> residential entity now well th th there should be additional costs because you give me you should be giving them additional benefits yeah it's not the same service it's, it's the same like network technically but it's not the same service to each person and yeah. it's also like it's a business they want to take better care of them mm -hmm. but then it's also going to come with the price tag yeah so yeah. that that's why it's more yeah but you did a great job they, they sold you right really good on the on the internet thing you're great at it when i said i was going to college i was going to college to be a network engineer there you go so i i have a technical background yeah. to that yeah no i, I know the whole i, I, I kind of got it just from, from got you a, explaining yeah that, yeah but kind of going back to what you guys do, not not sidetracking off of that, <laughs> I, I, I wanted to ask you, like, because I think you're, you have, like, some some Tai Chi classes and stuff. Oh, so, yeah. So, so what's this? So the Tai Chi class, we have this gentleman that's um, wanting to teach Tai Chi, and he um, was looking for a space to do it in, and he found us, and we were offering that our conference room is just more than just business work. So what what's what's Tai Chi, I mean? I mean, oh, so from what I understand, Chai Chi is, it's, it's a mixture of like meditation movement. So it's like yoga type of stuff, I guess? It, I would say it fits in that category, but because of a cultural differences, I think they're from a different region in Asia. It's considered different because um, Tai Chi is like uh, moving, flowing energy through you is what their concept is. So like um, yoga. But in yoga, it's more like poses. You, okay. you, you pose yeah. in yoga, but in Tai Chi, you're, you're constantly moving to do the, the flow. Yeah. So just a, I mean, just quick question out of there. Like for me, maybe I'm, I don't understand it, but why is one of those in a conference room with you guys? Uh, because we offered it free for him as he's starting up his business for that. You wouldn't think like people, like I'm just giving you like the contradiction to it, like that people are like, they're in there, you know, they're moving, they're like sweaty, it kind of starts turning into like a yoga type of stuff in a working environment while you're supposed to be like working, you know what I mean? Yeah, so the way the building's laid out, it's isolated enough so that wouldn't be a bother to our members in the working space while they're in the conference room space because we can literally separate those two halves of the building with just a door. So. Um, we, we just close our big double doors off and then the yoga team is over there and we have our work environment over here. But it, we have members in our co-work space that end up doing the Chai Chi and they like it as an amenity. So that's why we've been offering it free for this gentleman to use the co-work space to um, do his Tai Chi classes. And like he's not charging for the Chai Chi. They're completely free classes every week. So, so they go to the Chai Chi class and they go back to work? Yeah, so they consider it as an amenity because it's a moment to take a break from work and kind of like mentally reset you. And then, okay. so, so then nobody else like really uses the, the conference room? Uh, well, we do have people using the conference room. So um, uh, Bianca from Costa Sports uses it to interview um, new volunteers, new coaches, um, we have another member that, um, that comes in the, the, and does, uh, presentations occasionally. Um, I wouldn't consider them as like a full-time member, but like a part-time member where mm -hmm. when they need it, they pay for it kind of thing. 
Um, he comes in and does a presentation for some type of Medicare setup. Um, he invites his clients list in, and we do a, a little uh, refreshment table of coffee and chips and stuff for him. And then he does that, and that's like every couple months. We guys also have like complimentary snacks and stuff and, and coffee for, for your members? Yeah, so complimentary snacks and, and, and drinks. So we offer soda, tea, coffee. Coffee is, uh, we try to offer fresh 24-7. It's a little hard to do it with just two of us there, but mm-hmm. uh, we try our best. We, we set up the coffee maker to like make coffee at like seven or six, depending on how early people come in. Um, so there's always a fresh pot in the morning at least. Um, but yeah, we, we offer free snacks. Um, we have bagels and croissants and like, um, little snack bars. And sometimes we offer donuts and, um, and then coming up next month, we'll be doing a barbecue for our members. So, um, that's a little internal event we do for our members as saying thank you. So for Labor Day, we'll have a, a little grill out. We'll be offering hot dogs and hamburgers for the members and then their families so their families get to come in and enjoy the space with their um and then mingle with the co-workers so we're trying to like add this environment of like you know when you go work in an office and it's it's betty's birthday today and then bring out the birthday cake yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. we kind of trying to bring that kind of like cheesy office like let's let's be a little tiny family thing in that space too but just so that it's not just so drab it's not like, oh, this is just workspace. No, it's a community space where uh, a small business community, we're a um, co-working community. We are a community where the community from Fort Morgan and the surrounding areas can use the space like the Chai Chi and come together and do something. We're more than just a workspace. We're a community space. No, that's great. I just had a quick question for you. Is, do you think the way, I mean, I don't know if you've seen like a lot of people that begin, like they get laid off and they get all this. And the first people, most of the time they get rid of are like the remote workers. Do you think there'll be a time where uh, the remote working kind of goes away? That doesn't, that people don't do that no more? I think we might hit a point where it might dip. But when they see the dip, they're going to notice it's going to plateau on people trying to come back. So they're going to drop people and then they're going to say, you need to come back to the offices or they're going to be like, we want office workers. They're going to notice they're going to struggle filling those desks at their offices. And as soon as they offer remote work back, I think they're going to get a big rise. Um, The only other reason I would think that we would be losing remote workers is because technology replaced their jobs. Because did you see like the, like the email that, I mean, it was a couple months ago that Elon sent to his people. He's like, no more remote workers. You're coming in here or we don't need you anymore. Well, I mean, he's not really a human being, so... (laughs) (laughs) What what, what do you mean? He's He's a robot? Yeah. He's an alien or what? Or something, but he's he doesn't act very nice. <laughs> you don't think that's nice? People are telling you for some the person that's paying you to run their business to tell you to show up. Well, especially when your original hiring contracting said otherwise. Like you set your whole life with this setup, and then all of a sudden you're like, no, you need to come into the office. 
600 miles away from where you live. It doesn't make sense. But then he, him as a business owner, because I look at it from his perspective, it's like, like that's like the what they agreed upon upon when they like signed up or whatever. But then he he has a right to be able to adjust his how he wants his business run. That is true. He does have the right to run the way that he wants to run his business. It's his business now, and he, he might have been coming into this in a situation where he needs to make the business profitable, and it was probably not not profitable because of the previous owners weren't maintaining it in a way that was profitable. And so he's taking what he's done in his other businesses and is creating a more profitable business. For, for which one are you talking about? For Tesla? He's had Tesla for a while. Yeah, and it's yeah, profitable. So, yeah, the, yeah, but I mean, when he... It went remote working when there was COVID, everything. Like, okay, remote working. And then he said... So that that's the whole thing. Would you rather have 100 employees and then... 70 of them are just not cutting it, you know. You're not cutting it. You can really get this work done with 40. So are you going to keep, you know, paying that? If Once we go back to, like, the whole thing, it's cost. So it's yeah. like, you're like, okay, if I get rid of 60 of these people, like, these 40 can cut it and they're all willing to come here? Like, dude, why would I want the other 60? No, no, that's a great business decision to make, especially if you're more concerned about the profit side of it. Um, yeah, you want to reduce the amount of cost because having more employees is actually more risk because now you're paying those benefits and then if they do anything that's considered uh, problematic then you have to deal with that so like human resource issues and you're paying for more of that and yeah there's a huge cost association with that and so we go back to it, then then it is okay for you to do that right I think it is okay to do it. It's just the method on way of doing it. You don't just send a mass easy email out saying you're fired. No, he didn't say you're fired. He said show up. Yeah. Well, exactly. It's if hard to show, show up, up when you're 600 miles away from the nearest office. I mean, but, but if they're telling in, you to show up. In that situation, they were in person in the office, and then COVID happened, and then they went home. moved away. Yeah. Oh, no, I've heard instances where they got hired during COVID and told them that they were going to have a remote position permanently and that they could live anywhere they would like. And then this decision got made, changed because there was a different person making the decisions. And I don't think he considered that um, the, the pool of people that are, that are in that is probably really, really small. So the risk of making that business decision is quite small. So it sucks for the individuals, but it was probably the best business decision for him to make for, I guess now, X. <laughs> no, that, so you're talking about Twitter, not Tesla. That, that, yeah. that that's what we just went on. That's a whole different company. Yeah. But he still owns it, but that's a whole different subject, you know, on that. But I still don't agree with that, that like, if you have this, you should be able to do your own decisions. That's why you started business to begin with, to be to have your own set of rules, make your it's the free market to do your stuff, mm -hmm. and then now you can't do a certain thing because X Y Z person's gonna say this, or this person's their feelings are gonna get hurt because you told them to show up. Now I don't know. I don't. I don't. I, I don't think, think that. I don't think that's right. I think for small businesses, I think the small businesses. My bad. Hello. <laughs> Tell me you're on lunch. You're almost yeah. done, Dan. Tell me you're on your... Dan, he's almost done. He's... Actually, my watch said it was potential spam, so... <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah. Um, my apologies, I forgot to mute it. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. Um, 
see. Uh, I think for small businesses, yeah, they should have full control over that because they need to make the most best decision for their for their business because that's their livelihood, right? But when you become a very large company, um, you're potentially going to be messing with over thousands of people's lives making one decision. So you need to make a decision that's not going to backfire on you. And I don't think it backfired on him, honestly. I don't think it did. You got to do the best decisions. It doesn't matter if you're running. I, I, I know what you're saying for smaller it, it, business. big. I don't think it still you got to do the best decision that's for the business because at the end of the day, if the business is not profiting. If it's not making money, it's not a business. Yeah. Um, the, the ways that he's done it, 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 it's more focused to California because California is way over-regulated on this subject. But it backfired on him because of California and the way they do their laws. He just moved his office. He doesn't care. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, but the fact that he moved all the offices, he got he had to pay a big penalty for that. Now, was that a bit? So it comes down to was it a cost-effective business decision? Did, is it cheaper for me to pay all the fines, or is it cheaper just to keep all the people? But do you, uh, or, but then it's the but, energy. But, but that's keep also the, like an investment to like where you want your company to be. Yeah. A business is in the long run. Like, yeah. you got to think the future, not right now. Because technically it might be a cost, but if you think about it, it's more of an investment for the business, for the future. Yeah. You gotta to like, to get out of that place and not have to pay attention to those regulations, those fines and all of that stuff. Because mm-hmm. like, like we know, we're a business, like you got those energy suckers in the room. Like, sometimes you're like, uh, do I keep this guy or should I just, you know, I might lose a little bit of money letting this guy go. But... You in gotta, the long run, it's going to help a lot more people. You got to see where we go into the next year. Where mm-hmm. I see my business a year from now, three years from now. And that's the problem a lot of people do. I think they don't see the whole ratio, the whole aspects of it. They're just looking at it like, right now, what is it happening right now? The whole thing. I was listening to a podcast yesterday, and it was great. So they're breaking it down. Who's going, who wants minimum wage to rise? Who do you guys think? Who do you think's vouching for it? I guess the people who are currently getting minimum wage. The minimum wage workers. Yeah. It's the corporations. The big corporations, the Amazons, the Walmarts, are like, go ahead, raise it. Because they raise it. They have way more money in the bank that they can, all right, they'll pay it. And what happens to the small businesses? Small businesses get They right. fucking oh, yeah. disappear. It, yeah, it's like, harder. So they want it. It eliminates the competition. So like Walmart, Home Depot, all these, like, raise the fucking thing. Raise it. Yeah. Because then I have no, yeah, I'm, I might suck for me for a little bit, but now those, uh, say you're at Walmart. And then you're the only big dog. Those, th- th- those, that bike or whatever you want to go buy at Walmart, it was 70 bucks. Shit, now it's 90. Mm-hmm. But now there's no competition at the bottom, so now you can't do anything. It's and that's big, what they're not saying. They're the, doing the, it with people UPS. Want, people want to get paid more so to raise the minimum wage. So then they raise the minimum wage, but then the cost of everything go up because the minimum wage is up. So they want minimum wage to go up again. You know what the average wage is for UPS? Mm-hmm. Did you see that shit? Yeah, I saw it. Do so you know what it is? I, I know it's up there, but... Take a guess. Uh, I'll let you take a guess. Last time I heard it was somewhere in the t- uh, lower 20s. It's 49 bucks oh, an geez. hour. An hour. So it's Wh- like, which equivalents to $100,000 a year. So you yeah. think about it, and you're like, dude, like that's good for them. Fuck yeah. Okay, how much is it going to cost you to ship something now? That's what they're not thinking of either. Mm-hmm. Like, I get, like, good for him. Like, make your money, man. But, or <coughs> whatever's, you know, working it. But it seems, everything it else seems is more good, expensive. but then it's like the domino effect. Like, down the line, it's going to come back and, like, bite you in the ass. Yeah, and I I know that the um, 
the other competition, their costs are comparable, usually. So they're either pocketing that extra cost or they're also now paying their employees also that to try to steal the work pool over to their side. Because that's also another game that a lot of big companies do is like, oh, <clears throat> you work for that company. We'll pay you a little bit more and offer you a little bit better services because you made that product or you helped develop that product. And we want you to make a product for us that's a little bit better at that product. Mm-hmm. What do that, they do? They, the people run to the shiny light, to the shiny stuff. Shiny object, here we go. The grass is always greener on the other side. Yeah. Until you get to the other side. As a rap song. What, what, what rap song is that? I think that, I want to say that was with Khalifa. I think, I think it wasn't. Get some to the other, until you get to the other, something like that. There you go. Shout out <laughs> to Wiz. But yeah, so where do you see the, your guys' business within the, like say the next year or the next three years? What goals do you guys got? So for the next year, I'm hoping that we hit our, um, current uh, capacity of uh, about 20 members um, like somewhere like in the next decade I, I hope that either we use the whole entire footprint of that building or we're in the discussion of do we get a bigger building because a bigger building means we have a bigger community and a bigger foothold in the area so um, my, my biggest goal is that we um, become an essential component of how the town works um, trying to uplift more and more businesses and trying to get a more diverse working um, space. Okay, no, that's awesome. If someone wants to check out like pricing or check out the spot, what, what are the details? Where's the easiest place for people to find you guys? Uh, well, so the, the easiest space you can find us is going to be at the Fort Cowork, um, or no, Fort Cowork. FortCowork.com, not the Fort Work. FortCowork.com, or you can visit us at our physical location at 118 West Railroad Avenue in Fort Morgan. And, and then, go ahead. And, and if people want to get to, like, to know you guys personally, like the, the people behind the brand, like, is it like also online? Um, not necessarily online, but they're more welcome to come in and visit us. Uh, we even offer a free day pass to try our space out and see if you're a good fit with us so um i just say that because because we uh usually do like some research on this beforehand and some like on our guests and we couldn't really find anything on you guys before beforehand oh yeah um yeah we do our stocking and there was nothing i was like fuck yeah uh we're we're about me and dan is pretty dry on the public side when you become a member we have a full like bio of our backgrounds history and what our mission is about the company and stuff like that um some some people won't want to see that before they even try it out. before they want so yeah. to get to know you Gives guys in the business and then they're like oh okay like let me actually go try out the, the yeah the like i like what they stand for let me go give them a visit now now yeah. they're intrigued you know it's the the hook but yeah, i never really considered that component of that i just figured that if they were interested to at least visit or call <laughs> um which I have had phone calls or even like people reaching through Facebook on our Facebook page asking questions like of that sorts. Okay. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Well, I appreciate you for coming out, you know, hanging out with us today, getting us, letting us know a little bit, learn a little bit about you guys, your business and uh, the great stuff you guys are doing for the community. Yeah. I appreciate you guys letting me be on your podcast. 
Okay. Yeah, I appreciate it. We'll put all your links down in the description so people can go check you guys out. Uh, but guys, thank you guys for joining us on the po- on the podcast where an active rebellion is to question. Appreciate yeah, it, guys. Yeah. Thank you. Underrated, underrated. We the underdogs, underestimated. Yeah.